Okay, good morning. Today's class is in the Schut of Rachel Bad Brain the Shandel, that Hashem should send her peace and she should not suffer anymore. Also, in the Lunishma Yerchmel Dianam Ben Gedalia and Sion Ben Ema, Rafur Shalema, Roshal Ben Yavna, and Rav Daniel Ben Sarah and Hannah Batadel. Success in Yon Shemai, Bali Sheva, Rav Gadiel Ben Lisheva, Shefa Bali Sheva, Shefa Bali Sheva, Rav Makabatova Basha, and Gadiel Ben Lisheva. All right, today's class, we're going to take uh, Sefer Amidot, which is the Aleph Bed book. Um, we're going to take a, a passage on prayer, and we're also going to take a, a great book by Ar- Rav Arya Kaplan, A Call to the Infinite. So I heard a great, great, great line. I posted it. It says, the purpose, prayer does not get you out of trouble. Trouble, the purpose of prayer is not to get you out of trouble. The purpose of trouble is to get you into prayer. The purpose of trouble is to get you into prayer. Okay. Not prayer to get you out of trouble. It's a, it's a very, very deep concept, a deep line, if you really understand it. Ultimately, God wants it. The, the most important thing is God wants a relationship from us. That's, that's the most important thing. You need to understand that you cannot avoid your creator. The prayer, prayer today speaks. When we're talking about prayer today, we could talk about praying in Siddur, but most importantly, his bodhidu, talking to God from your heart. We speak today about what practically, what is, how is the Shekhinah, which is the feminine aspect of our Creator, how is, it, how is that feminine aspect of our Creator right now not there when a person is, God forbid, depressed, sad, and when he's speechless, when he can't come out? The Shekhinah is in exile. So practically today, we, we are co-creators. We have to use our speech to create. And what happens is, when we don't do that, trouble comes to get you into prayer. If you understood that concept, that the whole purpose is prayer. I have to have a relationship with my creator, non-negotiable. Whether you're in LA, New York, etc., whatever's going on in your life, and believe me, you can see what the world, the world should get you into prayer. Which, when you see out there, what you see out there today, that should say, oh my God, I have nothing but prayer. I have nothing but prayer. What else do I have but my creator? God forbid to be an atheist today, to, be a, to, to not have faith today, I, I can't imagine how you wake up in the morning and how you deal with it. I, at least I have a little bit of a prayer, and I'm having a, a tough time. So I can't imagine how you're dealing with life. In, in general, it's just, there's, there's just a lot going on. There's a lot of chaos going on. But again, this is all really, really to get us into prayer. To get us into prayer. So remember, don't look. And that's what's very, very important, that when you see that, You'll start thanking your creator for the trouble. Uh, right before I went to, in that New York speech, I had ma- a major issue uh, with one of my businesses. And, you know, obviously trying to prepare the class. And next thing you know, I have this 500-pound gorilla in the room. And that's when I really, really committed to pray in the fields one hour a week. And that, I've enjoyed that hour so much that if it wasn't for the trouble, I wouldn't have gotten there. So when you really see the big picture that really troubles to get you into prayer, you stop taking trouble so personally, you stop getting depressed, you just get into prayer. That's what God wants of us. And this is a, it's a message for all of us that we all have to recognize that our relationship with our, with our Creator changes us. And then as we change, we change our relationships with people. Um, and that's something we really, really need to, to understand that. And this is where I, I love what he's saying here from Ravaria Kaplan. He, he took basically a, a, a composite of, of a lot of a lot of teachings. And he's saying here, when Israel was surrounded on all three sides, the sea was closing and the enemy of the wild beasts was pursuing them. 
they turned to their Father in Heaven, they cried out, and the children of Israel cried out to God. What did, what, what did God cause this because He desired to hear this prayer? Roshua ben Levi said, What is it like? A king is traveling, and he heard a princess crying, Save me from these robbers. He heard her cry, and he saved her. Several days passed away, the king decided he wanted to marry the princess. He wanted to speak to her, but she did not want to see him. What did the king do? He hired the robbers again, so he would cry out, and she, and he, and he, she should hear. As soon as the robbers attacked her, she began to cry out, King, King, I desire to hear your voice. The same is true of God of Israel. When Israel was subjugated in Egypt, they placed their hope in God, they cried out to him. In the course of many days, they cried out. Immediately after this, God said that the children of Israel, he began to rescue with a strong hand and the outstretched arm. But what happened? God wanted to hear their voice again, but they did not want to. So what happened? What did he do? He sent Paro after them, and he heard their voice again. So it's pretty much like you, your creator, we sustain our creator by sustaining him. When, we, when we're actually praying, we're actually sustaining him, and then he sustains us. And that's what our sages say. There's a post that says, whoever sustains his father in heaven, he is sustained. So just look at this area of your life where you had an issue, I don't know, to pray. And trouble's going to come when there's no prayer. You know why? Because we end, up, we end up going to a very, very low consciousness when we're not praying. When we're not releasing these emotions. When we're holding a lot of things in. You end up becoming very, very resentful. You end up becoming very stressed out. And then you're completely checked out. So it's very, I can't tell you, this is so in my life. I could see my Shalom Bayit directly connected to my prayer. It's like a, almost like a stock trader would see the S&P 500 and, the, and Shalom Bayit. Prayer versus prayer. Like direct, direct, literally a line. And I recognize, oh my God, it has nothing to do with my wife. It has nothing to do with it. It has to do with me. It's the same situation. It has to do with me. When I'm on my game, everything else, everything else is smooth. But when I'm off my game, everything's off. Everything's off. But it's all connected to my prayer. So it's very, very important. We all have this stress. We all have this. And your creator, it's non-negotiable. So when, whether you think about starting his bodhidut, his bodhidut we spoke many times, is talking to God, allocating a specific time to talk to him. You know, a specific could be half an hour, an hour, whatever you could do. But thanking him, talking to him, most importantly, expressing what's going on in your life and asking him for help. That is the main point of this point. It's not from a sidur. It's from your heart. So we're going to talk about some of the things in this book, Aleph Bet, on how to say this. Because remember, everything in life has to go through three things. Thought, speech, and action. In order to get something to action, you have to go through thought, speech, and action. And then what does God do? He gives us resistance. And that resistance is to increase your desire. So it's not, I'm, I'm, I'm God willing, I'm in the process of... Uh, writing up the book, writing my book finally. I finally got the chapters, but there's so much resistance, so much resistance, so much resistance. But again, what is the purpose of resistance? Desire more. When, when the Yetzirah tells you no, you have to want it more. The, the, the purpose of resistance is not for you to quit. God gave you desire. He gave you Yetzirah, but He also gave you desire. And you really, really got to be super hungry today. If you want to get anything done, you have to be superhuman right now. You cannot just say, well, let's see what happens. You know? It's just, you can't do that. But he gave you the desire. Now, the problem is, is when we stop desiring, then, then we have a bigger problem. Then you, when we stop desiring spirituality that's teaching us, there's another desire that we're really running after. 
And that desire is stopping that desire. It's, it basically, they go completely go hand in hand. To the extent that you want those desires, you're going to get cooled off spiritually. But really, if you get on a spiritual desires right, you'll end up getting the physical desires. But if you go after the physical desires, you won't end, won't end up getting anything at the end of the day. Because you're going to get cooled off spiritually. And you're just going to run after things. So, like again, you have to work on your desire and like everything has to go through thought, speech, and action. Everything in your life has to go through thought, speech, and action. Thought is the intention, what I want to do, my intention to do, what I want. I want to write a, I want to write a book. Okay, that's the intention. Then I have to go speak it out, the creator of the world. I want to write a book. I want to write a book. Please help me write a book. Give me the conscience to write a book. Give me the, t- etc. Then I have to take action and start writing. Everything in your life has to go through those three steps. And this is very, very also, pretty, very similar to what? To, to Chochmah, Bina, and Dat. When a person has Chochmah, Chochmah is a thought. Bina is developing that thought. And that combination of both of those is, is consciousness. Is consciousness. Is Dat. So you could see our Creator really wants us to develop these things in our life. We're too focused today, uh, good thought, bad thought. No, you, you have to develop wisdom. It's not enough just to pay attention to thoughts and not pay. It's not an, you're playing too much defense. So today we have to go develop things. And you have to be extremely aggressively spiritual. That is Rav Nachman 101. Rav Nachman 101, everybody who's connected to Breslov, it's nothing but intensity, extreme hunger and intensity. It's like the spiritual hunger games. The worst thing Rav Nachman says, don't be old. Stop, don't, never be old. Don't lose your desire. Don't lose your desire. That's being old. If you look at 80-year-olds, 90-year-olds in, in, in the Brussels circles, they're waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning. Because the, the mentality is age is nothing. They were always on fire. They had that fire. This is the logo of Breslov, this fire. That's what Reb Nachman really brings this to us. Are we going to struggle? Yes. Are we going to scream? Yes. Are we going to fall? Yes. Yes, that's part of the package. But you never stop, you never stop getting up and getting up. That is, that is why I think the, the energy of today is Rav Nachman. Because otherwise, you know, you, a person is trying to do something and it doesn't work. And he says, it's not for me. But that is not, not, not the message. This is where you have to, God is giving you something in your life where you have to work on. And you have to develop it through thought, speech and action. And you have to do it through prayer. And what happens is, is to the extent that you pray for it, you develop the desire. Then you'll turn the obstacle into the pleasure. That's ultimately what we need to turn. We need to turn the neimot, the, the meniot, I'm sorry, the meniot is the obstacle in Hebrew, to, to neimot, which is pleasure. That's what we need to do. We need to recognize that the actual obstacle was actually the pleasure itself. The process was so great. Again, easier said than done. But there's something, I promise you, there's something going on in your life that is making, there's trouble. Trouble is there. And the, what we do with that trouble is makes a big, big, big difference. And that's really, really what we have to un, really, really get to understand. That is called, in Kabbalistically, Mochem Gadlut. So if you have a hard time focusing, okay, well, you have to dedicate a half an hour to prayer. I dedicated 20 minutes to praying to focus. Otherwise, I'm not going to be focused. How else am I going to be focused? It's not going to happen. There's a lack in heaven that, that trouble came to me. It's affecting me this, this. Okay, now you, need that, you need that. You got to pray for it. The same, the same concept we have to use. If it's Shalom Bayit, that's not something that today, you, you, tremendous amount of tefillot. 
a prayer. It's not, you can't, it's not in the bag where you, you, know, you read 12 steps on a happy marriage and think that's good enough. Good luck. This is why there's more books and less results. You ever recognize that? More information and less results. Did you ever see what's going on in the world? It's too much information, but nothing, and there's not enough results. Because we're thinking we need more information. No, we don't need more information. We need more action. And actually needing more, 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 more information is actually a procrastination itself. Because you're saying, you know, let me just read one more book on it. No, you need action. You need, because there's so much resistance to prayer that that's exactly how we develop. Remember, thought, speech, and action. I want to get to action. From thought to action. Not going to work. Because it has to go through these three things. So th- this is the way that God created the world. Thought, speech, action. That's it. So you have to look at that in your life and you have to apply those three things. And if you get, if you get them right, you're going to eventually the action will come as a result of the desire that came. And desire is, is, is the practicality of desire is speaking things out constantly, 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 constantly. And it gives it a beautiful analogy here where he says, normally if you have a guest, right? He says something very, very beautiful. He says, normally if you have a guest, Rav Zera says, when a person has a friend or he has a guest, the more he asks them for things, the more he borrows, and, and more borrows from, the more the guy ends up detesting him and repulses him. Like, you know, you have people that are, you know, needy people. Okay, they ask you one time, no problem. Two times, three times. Now, next thing you know, it becomes a burden. The person becomes a burden. But that's the opposite of God. The more a person seeks petitions, petitions God, the more he loves them. God, call me and I'll answer you. The more, the more you, he answers you, the better the relationship. It's not like a burden. Whether, where, where the opposite is with the, with the visitor. The first time he comes, he's offered a couch. The second time he comes, he's offered a chair. The third time he comes, he's offered a stool. The fourth time he comes, he's told, how much do you bother me? So it's not like we're not bothering, we're not burdening our creator. Opposite, the more, you de- the more you develop that relationship with him, you get more chen. You get actually more and more and more grace because you've developed already that relationship and it's easier for you to go into that space. So it's completely opposite. People think, oh, I'm burdening our creator. I'm burdening. No, no, no. That's what, he gave you the luck to come to that. So don't look at trouble and be depressed. Don't look at trouble and be annoyed and be anxious. That's not, you're not handling it right. Trouble is to get you into prayer. Period. Period. I, I can't tell you. Period. Because there's a change of consciousness that needs to happen in that. So look at the essence of the situation, not the details of the situation. That's the most important thing. When you're in a higher, higher consciousness, you look at the essence of the situation, not the details of the situation. You look at the details of situations, you're going to get blocked out by details. You got to look at the essence of the situation, what, such as what does my creator want from me? What's the essence of the situation? Then, then we, we, and ninety nine percent of the time, it's, the answer is going to be, he just wants me to. He wants me to come closer to him through that situation. Another, we'll, we'll take some a nice, uh, just some, a couple one liners on on tefillah. Sefer Hamidot. When a person studies Torah, despite difficult circumstances, his prayers are heard. Very, very important. You're, the way you, when you learn Torah, when it's very difficult for you, the Torah actually creates the prayers to become better. There's a c- direct correlation. And there's also a passage that says, when a person turns his ears from hearing Torah, I'm going to he- turn my ear from hearing his prayers. Because measure for measure. You don't want to hear? I don't want to hear you either. 
So there's always, always connected. And the reason why we need both is because obviously, what are you going to pray for if you don't have the right consciousness? When you pray for your fellow Jew, even though you require the very same thing, God will answer you first. Because again, prayer is a form of charity. We said that before. When I'm praying for somebody, it's a form of charity. Instead of looking at the imperfection in that person, I pray for him to, be, to, to, to find the good. Either do one thing, either we criticize them or we pray to, or we pray to find the good in that person. A humble person's prayers won't be scorned. It means he doesn't give up. Don't wait for trouble to begin before you start to pray. When any, whenever, whenever anybody devotes his strength to his prayers below, in this world, his adversaries are high, are unable to accuse him on high. Again, intensity in prayer. It's very, very, very important. You put a lot of intensity and energy in the prayer. That itself will help you get the speech out because it's warmth. Just like you speak to somebody who's warm, that warmth itself creates that. And the way to come to warmth is with gratitude. When you, come with, when you have gratitude, that's going to give you warmth. Right? When a person is grateful, isn't he warm? Yes. When a person is rude, he's cold. Period. Look at the difference in, in, in marriages. Gratitude brings warmth. Resentment brings coldness. But we all go through those stages. The key is really, really to make that switch and bring warmth in their relationship by, by appreciation, etc. It is good to cry out to God whether before or after a decree, a decree has been issued. The prayers are, of the individual are not always listened to unless he prays with an attentive heart. But a pray, pr- prayer of the congregation, again, is, is, is there, it's all answered. When a person, look at, the, look at what he's saying here. When a person overlooks his personal affronts, when he, he looks over insults, when he's not so machped, when he's not so uh, particular about getting revenge or being insulted, and he lets things go, his prayers are heard. Very, very important. To be easygoing. Don't be so, you, you hurt me here, you hurt me here. Don't be, be, be a let, let it go person. How many times we said it? Let it go. Let it go, your creator lets go of your sins. Measure for measure. The way you work down here is the same above. Through prayer, a person has the ability to alter his fate. Through prayer, you have the ability to alter your fate. You can change your person's fate. Speaking in a loud voice brings feeling and movement to all your limbs. Remember, when the limbs are heavy, you don't feel like praying. So you actually have to create that arousal. Create that arousal by moving around. Moving around is very, very important. This is why he's bodhidut. When you talk to God, you should be moving around, back and forth. Get, get into a good energetic space, and then the warmth comes, and then the speech comes afterwards. Because remember, like we spoke about before, the exile of the Shekhinah, practically, what is the exile of the Shekhinah, which is the feminine aspect, is silence and sadness. That is the exile. When, when, when you're sad and silent, that, that means the exile, the Shekhinah is an exile in your life. We're not, see, we're not seeing it, we're not seeing the big picture. The trouble has affected you, that you didn't come, you didn't come to cre- your creator through that trouble. You understand that? We're not getting that. And that's where you know, practically. So whatever you have to do, you have to unload, you have to speak, you have to yell. You, have, you, you can't, you have to, the whole point is the speech cannot be silent. That is the exile of Shekhinah today. So your prayer could be, creator of the world, my speech is silent. Help me pray. Help me want to pray. I'm so dismotivated. I'm not even motivated. My mouth is shut. That is prayer itself, but you're talking about your mouth being shut. 
and then that itself will give you that warmth and that give you that that ex, the, the the rhythm and to, to be able to go to go again. And that exactly this is why your energy is affected because when you start moving around, you have a different spirit. Your energy gets affected. So remember, sadness and silence. The two no-nos. The two no-nos. Again, just look at it in any relationship. When there's sadness and silence, how does the relationship show up? Nothing happens. Better to scream, better to get moving, better to express, but do not keep silence and silence. Those two things are the two things that are just going to put you in, in, in worse and worse positions. If you're sad, talk about the sadness. Talk about creator of the world. I'm sad. I can't, can't wake up straight. I can't function here. I can't attract the right person. Talk about it. That itself will give you the relief. And you won't come to sadness, and you'll come to at least broken hearted, but you won't come to silence. So you see, you're fixing two problems with one, with one stone. You're fixing two problems. You're talking about the problem, and through talking about the problem, you feel relieved. So you're actually now believing that your prayer can change versus sadness and silence. The two S's. Sadness and silence. That's it. This is what we have to understand. A person's trust in God causes his prayers to be listened to, to, to hear his prayers. And he's saying here, prayer is only good Oh, you should also pray in a place of windows. So very, very beneficial. If you're going to pray, pray in a place of windows because you can see heaven. It, open, it opens up the mind. When a person falls into a state of constriction consciousness while praying, it's a sign that his prayers will not be accepted. That means if after I pray, if I don't see a, a, an uplift in my prayer, then I'm too busy changing God instead of changing myself. If you're getting frustrated after you pray, you didn't pray correctly. Because the, the intention, what you're doing, is you're basically trying to change something up in heaven instead of changing yourself. If you ask to change yourself and, you, and work with the humility, you will get those results. When you are not at peace with the world, your prayers will not be accepted. So what does that mean practically? The way my perspective colors the way I view the world. When, I, when you see all this chaos in the world, you just have to recognize it's, it's a, people's limitations. But at the end of the day, it's not that God made the world. People made the world like this. But God's world is perfect. It's just people made a big mess. But you, you have to be at peace with the whole thing. You have to be at peace with the world. That means if I see somebody in the street and I recognize they're yelling or they're this, that's their limitations. I don't judge. You judge less. Versus seeing Rufo Shalema. Today you have to say Rufo Shalema. People don't know. We're thinking it's the opposite. We're thinking that the stress on the outside of the world is affecting us. That's what people will tell you. Stress affects me. All the stress is affecting me. No, no, no. It's you have that stress repressed and you're just using the media and, and, and all this garbage to just express your frustrations. It's the complete opposite. It's the complete opposite. We use the media and we use all this to, to, to let out all, all our frustrations. It's not the opposite. The world doesn't stress you out. The, the, you're stressed inside and you're triggered by the world and that they're, just, they're showing you what you're repressing yourself. It means on a good day, you'll hear the same news. You won't be affected. On a bad day, those, that, that, that information just affects you 10 times more. 
How come? It should affect you exactly the same, if that's the answer. If the problem is on the outside, the problem should affect you, but the problem really, really is on the inside. The problem really, really is on the inside. And that's the ultimate solution is let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Things are going to happen to you. Let it go. Just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Because the more we don't let go, the more we're suppressed, and the more the world affects us that way. And the more we don't have the strength to pray. Rabbi Nachman says here, whoever prays joyfully, God honors him and punishes those who oppresses them. What they used to do in the breast of circles when there was a war and when there was people getting oppressed, they used to sing, they used to sing the national anthem of the opposing country. Like completely happy. Like any time there would be any kind of decree against the Jews in the times of Ukraine, in the times of, you know what they would do? They would dance and clap. That's how they would handle the crease. Because Rabbi Nachman knew through dancing and clapping, you can break the crease. They did the complete opposite of what everybody else does. Imagine every single time you had an enemy, you started dancing and clapping and just being happy. You would break every decree you have. But the opposite, we give, it, we give energy to those decrees because we're saying that person, we're forgetting about God. God's the one that caused it. Remember, trouble is to get you into prayer, not prayers to get you out of trouble. Whoever speaks favorably about the Jewish people arouses salvation, and this salvation will come through him. So when you have to, it's very, very important that you have to do whatever you can do to help your brothers and sisters versus talk bad about them. When you talk bad about them, not only do you not get salvation for yourself, but when you do whatever you can to pray for each other, this is why Rabbi Rush spoke to us and says, listen, you have to do three things. Every day you have to pray that Kali Yisrael should have mental health. Every day you should pray that Kali Yisrael should have a salvation. And every day you should have that Kali Yisrael should have an Amuna. And between you and me, it's all connected. Because at the end of the day, when I don't have faith, what's going what's gonna to be affected? My mental health. Well, my mental health is going to be affected. If I don't have faith today, my mental health will be affected. There's no question about it. So faith will help you with the mental health. And through, the, through faith, you will merit a salvation. But this is why he, when he came down, he stayed in my house. He handed out these booklets. He told people they have to dedicate 30 minutes a day talk, help, praying for, for people's uh, salvation, people for mental health, because that, that was the big issue. That was after the, all the, you know, we had the three buildings collapse. And he recognized the problem was Sinar Chinam. That we're not doing our role to find, to lift each other up. Instead, of, instead we're, 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 we're jumping on each other, we're trampling on each other. So when you speak fairly about the Jewish people, your prayers get, get, get handed better. When a person prays for the Jewish people, God pardons all his sins. Look at that. That's a hell of a... Who doesn't want that? Is there enough leverage, I, I think, to do this? I think so. When a person trusts in God, his prayers are heard. When a person is humble and is capable of crying out from the heart while praying. Listen to this. God listens to the prayer of a person who prays energetically. Energetically. Put your heart into it. Do what you have to do. Work out. Put music. Get that energy. Energy means I believe in something. That's a conviction. 
When I have energy, that means I believe in it. Pray with energy. It's very, very, very important. You have to pray with energy. And we could see what, what's stopping us. That's why. Get what you have to do. Breathe, work out. Get what you can to get yourself in an energetic state. Scream if you have to. Many, you go to Uman, people are screaming. You, you think it looks like uh, people are getting robbed over there. No, they're screaming. They're screaming because they know, they know they have to get to that energetic place. Because that energetic place, when a person's pesimcha, when a person's happy, he gets a Ruch HaKodesh. So our job is to get to a place of simcha, and then the, then the words come from above. And so we have, our job is to get to that space of joy, and then once you're in joy, words flow. Words flow. I know the difference in my classes. When, I'm in a, when, I, when I start getting more emotional, the words come much more. It's just a lot of word, words come out, and heat, passion comes out, and then the classes are much better. But when I'm sitting there... You have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. The, the words don't come out. They, they, they get stuck. The emotion creates the motion. So this is what we have to do, is we have to get into motion. Motion. Get into motion. That's very, very important. Get into motion. So God listens to the prayers of a person who prays energetically. Let's go. We have to believe in it. The reward and reward for remaining silent when disgrace, God will answer your request. That's a great one. Think about it. Next time you get insulted, you're cashing in on your prayers. Just don't, don't answer back. At the end of the day, between you and me, person insults you, that's a reflection of their problem. It's not really you. Easier said than done. So our job is not... Obviously, if I have very low self-esteem, there's no way I'm going to have the willpower not to answer back. Clearly. Because there's you know, years and years of, uh, of trauma that I, I can't even get my head around. But... When you work on yourself by letting, letting go, then somebody can, somebody can say something, you won't make it about yourself. But with low self-esteem, everything's about you. So it's very hard not to answer back. But you can see the issue. So work on letting go. Work on letting go. Work on letting go, letting go. And this way you will be able to merit that somebody should insult you and you shouldn't care less. Because you recognize that's their issue, not my issue. And then your prayers will get heard. Which is an amazing concept. Whoever prays for his fellow Jew, God doubles his prosperity. Wow. Sounds, so here we go. Our sins are erased. God doubles your prosperity. I think we need to start dedicating some time to pray for each other. I mean, uh, I, I think we have enough leverage here. A joyous prayer is both pleasing and sweet to God. Again, attitude. The attitude, etc. Through prayer... A person can exchange marriage partners that was decreed for him. That means you have a marriage partner, you married Rachel, you got Leah. You married this person, you got Leah. Because remember, when you change your consciousness, you attract better people. Period. When we, we usually attract people in our energetic a- angle. A person f- with his enemies finds it difficult to concentrate while, while he's praying. So again, there's a lot, a lot of leverage here in this class. Remember, let's look at the big topic. Trouble gets us to prayer. Look at trouble as a gift from God. Look at trouble as a, as a wake-up call, not as something else. Don't suppress it. Don't stress over it. Just talk about it. Have a great day.